Hello, this is Susan the Maven from the Spicy Boudoir and welcome to another episode of the Maven's Private Diaries. I'm all about smashing taboos around topics that we don't normally talk about in the open. And my guest today is the delicious Kate Toon. I say delicious because Kate is a beautiful mix of intellect and humour, which she combines for her business, Kate Toon Copywriting. I'm sorry, Kate, that's probably not the right business name but she is the business um, she's an author uh, if you grab her book confessions of a misfit entrepreneur that was a very important um, step in my own business journey we talked throughout about business how vibrators should be standard issue for women we talked about the pressure for women to be sexy and desirable uh, our experiences of having dishonest sex and if you listen carefully, Kate even discloses that she went to a special masterclass. And I'll tell you what, that's worth listening in. So stick around for that. Make sure that you like, give us some feedback. We really want to bring you the conversations that you want to hear. So please leave a review on your favorite listening app. All right, let's take it away with Ms. Kate Toon. Thank you for joining the Maven's Private Diaries, brought to you by thespicyboudoir.com, purveyor of high-quality, premium, body-safe pleasure products for the over-50s and people living with a disability. Hi, my name is Susan, and these are my private diaries. Occasionally, I will host a guest speaker or read out someone else's diary, with their permission, of course. Content warning. This podcast contains the occasional swear word, lewd comments and discussion around sex warning warning you will no doubt hear the emotional pangs of a woman who has lost her libido to menopause listen at your own risk and enjoy hello this is susan the maven from the spicy boudoir and welcome to another episode of the maven's private diaries I'm all about smashing taboos around topics that we don't normally talk about in the open. And my guest today is the delicious Kate Toon. I say delicious because Kate is a beautiful mix of intellect and humour, which she combines for her business, Kate Toon Copywriting. I'm sorry, Kate, that's probably not the right business name, but she is the business. Um, she's an author. Uh, if you grab her book, Confessions of a Misfit Entrepreneur, that was a very important um, step in my own business journey. We talked throughout about business, how vibrators should be standard issue for women. We talked about the pressure for women to be sexy and desirable. Uh, our experiences of having dishonest sex. And if you listen carefully, Kate even discloses that she went to a special masterclass. And I'll tell you what, that's worth listening in. So stick around for that. Make sure that you like, give us some feedback. We really want to bring you the conversations that you want to hear. So please leave a review on your favorite listening app. All right, let's take it away with Ms. Kate Toon. Thank you for joining the Maven's Private Diaries, brought to you by thespicyboudoir.com, purveyor of high-quality, premium, body-safe pleasure products for the over-50s and people living with a disability. Hi, my name is Susan, and these are my private diaries. Occasionally, I will host a guest speaker 
or read out someone else's diary, with their permission, of course. Content warning. This podcast contains the occasional swear word, lewd comments and discussion around sex. Warning, warning. You will no doubt hear the emotional pangs of a woman who has lost her libido to menopause. Listen at your own risk and enjoy. Hello, Miss Kate Toon. Thank you very much for joining the Maven Studio this morning. Hello, Susan. How I'm are good. you? I love that voice, that velvety voice. It's very good for a podcast. I, I, I think we should do the whole interview now. Sexy, in our Marilyn Monroe you know, voices. Our voice. breathy voices. Okay, yeah. let's do that. <laughs> Oh, look, I'm so delighted that you've made time to talk to me because, you know, I've been stalking you and fangirling <laughs> you for such a long time in my business journey. And for those people listening who are not sure who Kate Toon is, uh, she's very much the world's probably one of the top. I don't want to say the top because that's such a high thing to push you off or <laughs> to make you feel embarrassed, but Kate is one of the best copywriters across the universe and um, has been a big influence on my business journey, starting up the Spicy Boudoir and coming to the table and, and talking to people directly through um, socials and all that sort of stuff. So, so Kate, what do you do? What is copywriting? Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, I think I'm the top copywriter in, in my universe, in the Tooniverse, just me and, and no one else. Um, yeah, I mean, these days I'm no longer a working copywriter. I was for several years, but these days I teach copywriting, um, I teach SEO, I teach digital marketing. So these days I don't actually have any clients anymore. But unfortunately I have one one client who's the worst, which is myself. So I do an awful lot of writing for myself. So I'm probably pumping out twenty to 30,000 words a week, but it's for myself, for my business, for my socials and emails. And then the rest of the time is, you know, education now. It's all courses and templates and memberships. So I've moved into that whole, I'm doing air fingers for the listeners, passive income zone. <laughs> Although, as you know, there's absolutely nothing passive about it. No, you've got to do yeah. the work to make mm-hmm. it happen. Oh, it sounds good. And how long have you been in business? So I started my own business literally while I was pregnant with my son. So I was about five months pregnant. I was working in agency as a pretty much a general manager or digital director of an agency. Um, and I was contracting. So I knew I wasn't going to get any kind of maternity leave, had no money saved up. So I mm. jumped ship at about five months and started katetoon.com and at that point I didn't really know what I was going to be doing and um, I did a bit of everything and that was my son just turned 13 so just 13 and a half ish years ago is how long I've been doing this yeah gosh that's been quite a journey for you then um how have you stayed sane (laughs) during that I haven't Susan come on do we say saying <laughs> all the worst best people are, are slightly mad i think um look as you said it's been a journey there's been good times and bad times i actually was on my phone the other day looking back at videos that i made back in 2014 and kind of feeling kind of affectionate but kind of feeling a bit sorry for kate Toon in 2014 and, and and also proud of what i was doing then and how it's got me here now such a journey so many ups mm. and downs and definitely very little sanity along the way <laughs> mm. 
I asked the question, but you know, how do you stay sane? Because I know it's helped me stay sane over the years, particularly during when I was married and very unhappy. Mm. I, I'd let go of myself as a woman during that time. And at the age of 35, I bought my very first vibrator. <laughs> I know, and we're there already, people. We're three minutes in and we've already said the V word. <laughs> I love it. I need a more coffee. Hang on. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. I'm starting to think vibrators. <laughs> they should be standard issue to women when you turn oh, 18. So here you go. Thank you. This is medicine. I like that. So, so I guess, you know, without diving too deep into your sex life and all of that, I, I really just want to tap on to the, a woman's sexual energy and using it for resilience like just to keep your resilience buoyed have you found that experience like ha has your sexual energy fallen off during those times of stress really and and you just totally leave it alone or do you pursue it really really interesting question and, and i'll be honest first time anyone's ever asked me that so um let me think i mean i think you know when i first met my husband probably about 15 16 years ago I felt like a relatively um, sexual beast. Um, what's going on? Oh, sorry. Things are going on in the background, people. And here's me trying to talk about sex. It's already hard enough, yes, Susan. Like, Good Lord. Sorry. <laughs> it's actually my pussy. My cat's making a noise behind me. Just a second. Okay. Gosh, people. Okay. We've had pussies and vibrators and we're only five minutes in. It's full on. Uh, it's nine o'clock in the morning. I'm British. This is... Uh, okay. Where were we? It's what early. were we talking about? Sexual energy. Um Yes. Sexual energy, husband. It's ebbed and flowed. I mean, look, while I've had a lot of sex in my life, I don't think I, I've ever thought of myself as a particularly sexual person, to be honest. And I think, you know, after you've had a child, you know, various things change. You don't feel as sexy. All your bits that you were using mm -hmm. for pleasure are now being used for other reasons. Um, I put on a lot of – I did quite well after after I had Orion, I, I – I managed to kind of get back in shape because obviously that's the pressure that was on you. And I, I remember I ran a half marathon and things were pretty good, but I was really trying to be me pre-baby. Like I wasn't acknowledging the fact that things had mm. changed. I was trying to revert back. And a lot of that was to do with having a partner and wanting to be attractive and wanting to be fun. So it wasn't really for me. It was for someone else. And honestly, it didn't work because, I, you know, honestly, with me and my partner, once I had my son, things changed dramatically. It's like my... He just did not see me as a sexual entity anymore. I was a mother and that was the end of that. Um, and then, you know, when you feel rejected by your partner like that, I think you do lose your sense of being a sexy beast and being a woman. I put on an awful lot of weight, mm. not to say that that's not sexy, but it felt unsexy to me. Um, I didn't take much pride in my appearance. I just felt like a blob, you know, neither male nor female, just mm -hmm. a, a blob of slightly miserable humanity. Um, and really it wasn't till about three or four years ago that I managed to start finding myself again um, and reclaiming myself as a human and as a female. And so, yes, it's it's not necessarily much to do with business, although I think that's another side to discuss. In my personal life, I think it's been a real journey of feeling sexual, non-sexual. In business, I think I don't know if I've ever connected the two that my sexuality has any influence on my business, to be honest. 
I don't know if I've ever thought about it in that lens, mm. but it's an interesting question. Mm. Oh, just I put it out there because myself, like my business is about sex yeah, and sexuality. Yeah. And, and here I am about to turn 55 and lately I haven't been feeling like having sex yeah. at mm. all. And I know that that's a product of my um, being in state of menopause now, having gone through perimenopause since my early 40s. And I, I have learned and I have to keep reminding myself the fact that I don't walk around, you know, feeling horny doesn't mean I don't want or need to be sexual. I just need to make the time and, like, book in a time <laughs> with my darling. And just put in the effort because, you know, once I get started after a little bit of good foreplay, I'm there. I'm, and I just I have to keep reminding myself. And, um, and I really want other women to know that, yes, you're not going to walk around with a, a buzz in your clitoris um, wanting to be sexual. Um, I'd love to have that feeling again. I, I um, used to love, you know, feeling horny. But you can get horny after spending some time and your arousal becomes responsive, I guess is what I'm trying to say, rather than that spontaneous. But <clears throat> I feel really good when I invest time in myself and it does lift me up. It's great for my mental health to be sexual, whether I orgasm or not. And there we go, Kate. Orgasm, I know, we're, we're, pussy, vibrator. You've done them all. I mean, I love that you're talking about this because, you know, I'm 48. I don't really know whether I'm perimenopausal or not because it's a bit of a mystery ground, isn't it? And there's no definite. It's mm. not so black and white as we'd like it to be. Um, you know, I separated from my partner about three or four years ago and met a new partner. And literally, it was like I'd had a shot of adrenaline, you know, for that first year, two mm. years. It was like everything was switched back on again. You know, things felt perkier. Everything was, you know, like you said, walking around in a state of just feeling thrilled all the time. You know, those endorphins mm. pulsing through you. Even just the thought of having sex would kind of send that kind of shiver of excitement through me. And obviously, as time goes on, that that's wanes a bit. And like you, I miss it. I miss it. And I'm slightly terrified of menopause because I'm like, that's a big part of my life. And I don't want to lose that. But equally, like you, I think mm. a big change for me has been sex is much less of a performance than it used to be. I think I had quite, honestly, quite dishonest sex. Not that I'd watched porn and learned anything yes. from, from porn, because I wasn't, I've never really been a huge porn watcher. But you know, there's always this thing that you've got to be ooing and ahhing and arching your back and waving your bits around to entertain your partner with, and then you lose track of what you're mm. actually enjoying. And I think one thing I'm starting to let go of at this age is I can't be bothered to perform. You know, it's not a performance. It's, 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 it's you know, why, it's not to pleasure that person and give them a visual. It's for me as well. And I think that's taking a bit of pressure. Yeah. And I also very much agree with you that you have to, sounds awful in a way, but like with all the things that are worthwhile doing, you have to push yourself. It's a business analogy as well. Yes. You have to push yourself. Like it's not like yes. I wake up every morning and want to go for a swim. No, I have to push myself. And do I enjoy the drive to the pool? Mm. Do I enjoy getting out of bed at 6.30? No. But do I enjoy swimming? Yes. And do I enjoy the feeling afterwards? Yes. Mm. And the same was, mm. is with business mm. and the same is with sex. I read a great thing the other day that said, you know, 
all the things that are worth doing that give you true dopamine and true happy chemicals, you get the chemicals after you do them, not before a while. Mm. So like drinking alcohol, all yeah. of that, it's the anticipation. You enjoy it while you're doing it, but you feel awful afterwards. Most other things, you get the pleasure at after. It's almost afterwards that you get the pleasure or the reward, you know? So I think I'm babbling now, but yeah, I think it's interesting. Mm. And the push no, and no, making no. time it's and true. pushing yourself and getting started is important. <laughs> yes, yes. And um, I'm actually just drafting a, a piece about pushing through mm. that, you know, like obviously, I mean, one of the issues for many couples is a mismatch level of libido and desire. And it does impact your relationship. Um, being intimate is, you know, a love language. Absolutely. And if you're out of sync with each other, and it can be, it's not always the woman who's like, no, sorry, I've got a headache. Uh, sometimes it's the guy. So, um, yeah, and I think with that, I, there's, there's a lot of give and take in a relationship. And the mistake I made in my first mm -hmm. big relation on my marriage was that I was like, if I don't want to, I shouldn't have to, you know, like with sex. You know, if I don't want mm -hmm. to, I shouldn't have to. If I don't want to, that's fine. But relationships are a give and take. And, you know, you know, sex mm -hmm. is a hugely intimate act and obviously no one should be doing it if they desperately don't want to. But sometimes you're just a bit like meh mm -hmm. and you have to push yourself a little bit because that's the give and take of your partner with your partner. Maybe they don't want to sit and give you a foot rub mm. or stroke your hair or whatever, but that's the intimacy you need. Mm. And I do think a lot of men struggle mm. with other types of intimacy and really just sex is the only intimacy is the only intimacy they understand. And if you deny them that because you can't be mm. bothered, but you expect them to still do all the things that you want to do, all the intimate acts you want, they still, oh, mm. you know, that, mm. I think that's unfair. And I think that's the mistake I made in my last relationship. Mm. And in this one, I make so much more effort, as you said, to make time to maybe push through the first initial, oh, I can't be bothered, I'm too tired, and push through that because it's worth mm. it. And that's what I owe my partner. Like, it's a give and take, mm. you know. Mm. Here's a tip for people listening. Hopefully there's some guys listening here. Um, in my relationship, I've had, this is my third long-term relationship of my adult life and um, my first two relationships obviously didn't work because there was so much missing on all yeah. levels, uh, intellectual, emotional intelligence, social intelligence, all of that. So in this relationship, I was very clear from the very start, I'm in this to make an effort to make an effort and I've done mediocre. So, um, like, you know, someone actually, sorry to digress, <laughs> but somebody said to me the other day, they thought I was having sex every day because That's I That's what you talk about. Yeah, sexual. yeah, yeah. So, no, no, I don't. Um, you know, probably on if I did the numbers, probably once a week, maybe twice a week, but at the moment it's probably once a fortnight. Um, so, but what I want to say to guys is, and um, you gave me this thought when you said about foot rubs, cause I get my feet rubbed every day on the lounge, watch television and my feet are getting massaged and rubbed going to sleep at night time. 
I tend to be the one to go to sleep first and my partner's reading. He's stroking my back until I go to sleep. It's like, you know, how lucky am I? Um, go into the shower and when your partner is having a shower, offer to wash them and, like, loo for their body. So I actually booked in a backwash this morning. I said, oh, can you please come and wash my back tonight? You know, just, you know, have someone do that for you creates that space. It's like um, rather than inviting someone to be sexual when you're lying in bed, put that invite when you're in the kitchen cleaning up after dinner, you know, come up behind your partner and smooch into their neck or um, start whispering sweet nothings yeah. into their it's ear. It's so important, isn't it? You can't just leave the Yeah, like, you know. Until the bedroom. It's and it changes it. in time. Like, you know, my partner's, you know, as you said, I hope you won't mind me saying this, but he's got a huge, huge sex drive. And, you know, it's sometimes I'm a bit like, oh, Christ, you know, here we go. Um, you know, and you go to bed and I'm like lying there thinking like almost like I'm on a, some kind of sacrificial plinth. And we laugh about it, you know, because I'm like, oh, God, it's about to happen. But the, the nights when it's all much easier is when he does come up and give me a squeeze in the kitchen or stroke my hair, because that's all foreplay. Foreplay isn't just, you know, shoving your hands mm. down someone's knickers. It's the all of that. And, you know, one mm. thing he does, which is lovely, is when we meet, he just gives me a huge, long bear hug. You know, the kind of hug where you just actually mm. you feel like this when you start off, your shoulders are clenched, and by the end you're fully relaxed. And, just, and it, yeah, you, you melt, melt into, into it. it. And for me that's really, really important because we don't see each other every very, very often. We only see each other every couple of weeks. And so it's, you know, I spend a lot of time being this kind of alpha female doing things myself and running my business and being a mum mm. and then trying to shift into this partner mode, um, you know, and, and be mm. a, a completely different, you know, being a mum, being a businesswoman isn't the most sexy thing in the world, going to Coles every day, making dinner, mm. and then suddenly shifting into this kind of zone where we have no kids around us, we're not working, and now we can be ourselves and we can be sexy. It's like, it doesn't just happen like that. And I need all those little touchy-feely mm. squeezes and hair and bits and bobs and flirtatious conversations and flirtatious texts before we meet to be ready to mm. be there on the sacrificial plinth at the end of the night. Do you know what I mean? Like it starts two days mm. before yes, you actually get in bed, you know? That's right. Um, and I think we all forget, women included, there's our physical clitoris um, in our um, groin area but there's our cerebral, cerebral clitoris, clitoris hashtag cerebral clitoris yes. i love that there's a new so. hashtag this is where my orgasm lives in yeah. my mind it's in a room inside my head <laughs> that's a visual image it's... i can just see like a clitoris sitting on an armchair <laughs> in a room reading a book <laughs> what excellent Ooh. wearing like, mm. like wearing sexy oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, I'm having. I wish I was. An so oh, I you'll find an this. illustrator to do that. Like, like the life of the, the life of the cerebral well, critters. It could be a whole book. It could be a yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Kate. I'm going to follow that up. <laughs> so true, though, isn't it? But so I, true. Oh, like tonight, I'm meeting yes. my partner, and yes. one of the things I, I also notice times when I feel sexy, 
and they're not always in bed at the end of the day. So I feel sexy. I often feel mm. really positive and happy after I've been for a swim. I feel really positive and happy after mm-hmm. I've been to the gym. Like I love working out. I love, yes. you know, and you spend a lot of time looking at yourself. It's kind of quite weird and vain, but you're looking at yourself, you're looking at your body, you're looking at your muscles. There's some pride there. You feel confident. And so, you know, tonight I've said to my partner, instead of me just coming around, let's have dinner, let's go to the gym tonight. So we're going to meet at the gym. And I think he looks quite sexy when he's working out as well. And then maybe we won't go home and have dinner. Maybe we'll go home, have sex and then have dinner, you know, like breaking up the routine and also noticing when I feel sexy and acting on it. Um, Because I often say to him, I actually don't feel that sexy at the end of the day. I'm tired. I'm I'm an old woman. I'm knackered. I feel sexy in the afternoon. Can we have some afternoon delight, please? You know, can we change up the schedule? Um, And so, yeah, that's really important to me as well. And and honestly, as you age, it's important to be aware of your body and the times of day when you feel sexual and. You know, and hopefully by that stage you're retired and you've got the, the opportunity to, to plan your time into the afternoon delight yes. sessions. Um, well, there's a thought that just popped into my head, Kate, and it's bloody gone. It's not about um, the cerebral clitoris again. Oh, uh, here we go, the plinth, <laughs> um, when you talked about the sacrificial plinth. The other thing I talk to uh, women and couples about is we need to also stop thinking about sexual activity as being a penis in vagina activity. Okay, it's it's so much more than that. Um, I actually can't remember the last time I had sex like that. We tend to look after each other and give each other beautiful massages. So there's you know, a lingam massage, which is massaging the penis, and yoni massaging the vulva it's one of my favorite words we need a vulva. we need a maven bingo card uh, so that every time you listen to the pod you can tick <laughs> off each of these words and if you get all of them in one podcast then you get a prize yes yes <laughs> i actually went this will this will tickle oh. you susan when i first um met my new partner as I said I've not had set proper well any kind of sets really for years you know and also as I said a, a lot of the sets I'd had in my mm. 20s was drunken and performance based so when I met my partner I was like I, yes. I'm somebody that likes to be good at stuff right so if I'm gonna you know learn to, to roller skate I'm gonna hire a professional roller skater to give me some one-on-one lessons you know I'm gonna be good at it I can't bear that bit where you have to be bad at it mm. so the one of the first things I did when I met my partner mm. is I went to Melbourne and I went to a blowjob class which was illuminating yeah. um and, and this this you know fantastic sort of middle-aged woman um came in and demonstrated for us how to give a blowjob on a baby cucumber. Me and my mate with baby, I can never look at baby cucumbers the same now. And then she brought in some <laughs> poor bloke, lay him on the floor, and she didn't, and sort of did things to him. Not not really sexual, but just like stroked him and did all these things. And it was it was hilarious, and I'm glad it was hilarious because sex should be funny. I think sometimes, yeah. but it was also amazing to actually learn how to do this properly because men are incredibly bad at explaining Mm. what they want you to do or they just explaining kind of grunts and whatever. Mm. So to go Mm. to a class and be taught how to do it properly, I tell you, my partner is forever grateful. Um, I can't believe I'm talking about this on a podcast. (laughs) Don't listen to this, mum. But, um, yeah, 
I think it's, you know, there's education there as well and things change and you want to get better at stuff. And as you said, it's not all just wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. There's lots of other things you can do. No, that's right. Have have you watched Sex and the City? like a thousand times. So there's that um, when Charlotte wants to go, um, I think she's still married to um, the Scottish dude, Trey. Yeah, and they go to the... um, the Russian woman or somebody, yeah. the sex educator, and um, they learn how to um, do the lingam massage and then Miranda cops oh, yeah, the fringe that. in the face. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that show was a huge end. part Hilarious. of my sexual education, you know, huge. And now it would seem, now it seems tame. And obviously lots of people now saying it's quite on PC, but people don't know that, you know, back when I was watching that, how old was I, about maybe 25 or whatever, that was... Um, yeah, that was life-changing. There would be nothing yeah. on television like that. No it one was. had talked about masturbation yeah, or dildos or, you know, vibrators or anything. And it was illuminating mm-hmm. for me to watch that. The very first time, and I and I didn't stumble across it until maybe, oh, it must have been the second season, um, but I just channel flicked one night and I think I was just, gobsmacked that I heard the yeah. C word on yep. Australian television. I thought, bloody hell. So, um, and let alone American yep. television. So, um, yeah, no, I love that series. What, I watched the new series and I just thought they went a bit over the top a little bit in Charlotte's character. They were all a bit exaggerated and, and obviously hard, they were but, trying to be extremely woke and, and but, you know, they're doing their best. That it's a, it, it was. I think the thing is, it was mm. of its time, and I'm not sure they should. They should have resurrected mm. it because it was. It was of its time, and I'm not sure that, like you know, sometimes you watch comedy shows even ten years ago, and they were of their time, and they don't work today because sensibilities have changed and humour mm. has changed, and you, you sometimes things need to be left mm. where they were. But I'll always be eternally grateful for that show because it gave women a lot of permission. Yes. Uh, in a, in a world where we had no permission. So I think it was fantastic, you know. That's right. Yep. No, thank thank God. I, my daughter was um, around 13, 14, and I let her watch that with me. And the episode where Charlotte had never yeah, looked at her yeah, vulva. Yeah, the mirror. We watched yeah. that one together. Yeah. And, and I said to her, said, if you haven't already looked, make mm-hmm. sure you look. You need it's part of your body, you need to know yeah. how it works. So I didn't even know I had a vagina. Here we go. Vagina, is I that think on we've your done card? Vagina. Well, no, we, we did vulva, we haven't done vagina. I'm gonna I am gonna, I think you, no. I think there needs to be a bingo I'm, card. I think that's your next social media. I think yes. she's hilarious. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, yes, I think I have to do that. I can remember taking a tampon out of my mum's purse or the bathroom and trying to put it in. And I couldn't get it in and it was hurting. And it was some time later that I realised or I found out, I think, that um, I was putting it into my um, rectum <laughs> or my anus rather than my vagina because I didn't even know so I had a vagina. your mum didn't have a chat with you and explain any so, of this stuff? No. No, there was no sex mm. education. I had, um, I came home from school one day, I think I was maybe 13, 14, and on my pillow was a book called um, Everything a Good Teenage Girl Should Know or Everything a Teenage Girl Should Know. And that was the standard 
um, sex education. Mine was um, a book by Judy Bloom um, but, called Forever. Have you read the Judy Bloom book Forever? Oh my God, Susan! No, Susan, you need to go and buy no. that today because that book is like a lot. If the listeners are listening, I'm sure you are. It's Judy Bloom Forever, and it's about a girl who goes on holiday and she has sex with a bloke, and, and he calls his penis Ralph. <laughs> And and I know it sounds really, really bad, but it was the first time I'd ever read about someone having sex. And it's handled quite well. Judy Bloom right. is an excellent writer. She's written lots of books about that awkward teenage period. And and every woman of my generation read forever and read about Ralph. Um, I might actually go back and reread it okay. after this uh, episode. But that was my introduction. Oh, I don't know. Mum and Dad definitely talked about where babies come from, you know, things like that. And, you know, when I was very young, they used to walk around naked and stuff. And, you know, they weren't inhibited in that mm. way. But they never talked about sex in a kind of, and I think this is the missing bit, talks about sex in any kind of pleasurable way. They never talked about masturbation or anything yeah. like that. There was no, there was none of that stuff. Like sex can be enjoyable, sex should be fun, mm. you know, la, la, la. There was none of that. Because um, mm. mm. I think you know, that generation were all about trying to stop you having sex for as long as possible. So there was no risk of you, you know, rather than saying, have mm -hmm. it, enjoy it, mm -hmm. enjoy your body, but be safe and don't do it with people who you don't want to do it with. Mm -hmm. So I think that's changed a lot. The way I talk mm -hmm. to my son about sex, he's, he's 13 and obviously now would die if I talked to him about it. But we have talked about it a lot. We've talked about porn. We've talked about masturbation. We've talked about permission. Um, he's very savvy in a way that I wasn't. And, you know, I've definitely mm -hmm. had the conversation with him around, mm -hmm. you should enjoy it. Like, masturbate as much as you like. As long as you kind of do it in private, enjoy it. It's like one of the few free pleasures we yes. have. So go for it. You know, you can't wear it out. Yeah. And I think it's so important to say that, you know, to give people the permission. Again, permission is my word of the show. Mm. Uh, I think um, that's probably one of the reasons behind that pleasure mm. gap for women, that women as young girls we're not there's no open conversations around nope. sex and pleasure and that it's okay to pleasure yourself that it's okay to have pleasure during sex it's your right to have pleasure so i'm hoping that um oh i think they change and i think they really are that you're yeah i mean i think i think we're of such a you know we're ancient you and i and i think we're, we're of a different generation i mean i think you know you mentioned vibrators earlier like I think probably most women now would yeah. have one and there's no shame about it. It's talked about on all the reality shows and, yeah. you know, it's on TikTok and it's mm. on Instagram reels. And thank God, you know, I thank God for this. It's, it's, it's important, you know, so I'm, people like you do a good job lady, because I think while in the younger generation you. is much more free, much more discussion. I think a lot of pressure to much more pressure to look a certain way and, and be a, every girl needs to be a porn star. Mm. But I think for our generation, it's still so taboo. It's still so taboo. And discussing again, mm, what you mm. mentioned at the beginning about how your sexual sexuality changes as you're starting to go through menopause and how there's a bit of a loss there. And I'm hoping it comes back again once I get through the other side mm. and, and, and you're changing body and trying to feel sexy when everything is drooping and sagging. And, you know, it's important to talk about that because I'm not ready. I mean, the truth is there was a point in my marriage where I realized I thought I am never going to be kissed like that again. And I'm never going to feel that feeling again. And I mm -hmm. am 44. And that is and I just have to accept that because the, the common story was that, well, 
all marriages end up sexless just accept it at least you've got companionship and I and my partner used to say like you know I think you're expecting too much and blah 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 and I was like am I am I and it was such obviously a huge risk to break that relationship and start a new one but it's simply not true mm -hmm. I don't think relationships have to be sexless and I don't think you should accept that I think there is I don't know I'm glad I didn't give up because it looked like a very bleak future to say for mm. the rest of your life, you will never have that kind of aspect again. It's very depressing to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, um, it's important. I, I really do believe um, being sexually intimate is vital to keeping a relationship yeah. alive, full of joy and vitality. We're like, we're so, just, we're just glorified monkeys, oh, really. you know, the bonobo. Bonobo monkeys are always at it, aren't they? And we are just glorified yeah. bonobo monkeys. Yeah. I mean, I think intimacy is important. Um, and as you said, sex doesn't mm. necessarily mean this, that and the other. There can be all aspects of it. But that physical human touch, mm. that skin mm. on skin is, is, is important. And I think it often gets you through mm. when things in the day-to-day -day life are a bit tough. If you can come together and have that intimacy um it's really important mm, mm. as well as emotional intimacy and intellectual intimacy mm. and all that other type of intimacy but it's part of the pie isn't it mm, and if it's yeah. missing i think it, it, it yes I've, i think you get quite i think we don't understand they, they they say the biggest killer these days is not cancer it's not heart disease it's loneliness because simply as humans yes. we are meant to live in tribes we are meant to have human touch and contact and if we are deprived of that the body goes mm. into shutdown because it fit, you've been rejected from the tribe mm. and therefore you're not you're surplus to requirements and it's almost like the body starts to shut down so That's we right. need it and i think we don't prioritize it enough mm. and back to your original point about business mm. i think a lot of women are putting so much energy into being perfect mothers so much energy into having this amazing six-figure business um and then they kind of do sometimes neglect their relationships and then wonder why things aren't tickety-boo with their partner because it's really hard to be all these things isn't it mm -hmm. it is it is so i think you should be true to yourself mm. and put yourself first um my philosophy is stay connected to your physical intimacy of your body that it's okay to masturbate and self-pleasure because self that mm. is self-care when you do that um whether you do it alone or with somebody else doesn't matter but um, I think, you know, apart from, I mean, why do we have a yep. clitoris? It's for pleasure. And I think that's our stress mm. relief button mm. as well. So, Kate, I just want to come back to what you said about, you know, education, that when you want to roller skate, you'll go and hire somebody and how you went to your blowjob <laughs> class. I, I really believe in that as well. I think it's all about educate communicate masturbate <laughs> there's the three things that, that you need to improve your sex life and i've got an article coming out about that um on interestingly on linkedin on my company page and my personal page i posted up about um you know i, I said something along the lines of i'm sure every business person reading this has at some point engaged a professional service to improve their skills would you engage a sex educator to improve your intimacy skills and it's had that article has had quite a few views 
but no one's liked or commented on it. People are, people are terrified. People are, it's funny because you'd think no one wants to be seen as bad at stuff, especially men. You know, that's a big part of their ego. Why would I need education? I know what I'm doing. And if I don't, then I'm somehow emasculated. But everyone can learn. You know, everyone can get better at stuff. And mm. sometimes it's easier mm. for a third party to explain it to you than your partner to try and say, left a bit, right a bit, harder, softer. You know, it can be easier yeah. to, yeah. and also just to introduce new ideas in and new approaches. And, you know, you can, mm. it can become very mm. steak and potatoes if you just kind of, you know, and, yes. and, and I think as well, again, sweeping generalization, a lot of, Men are quite happy with steak and potatoes. Unfortunately, I'm not. I like a different meal every night and I'd want to do, different, no. you know, and so, mm. you know, that mm. to keep it interesting, I need all of that. That's me. Might be not be someone else, but mm. I like this, mm. the, the variety. I don't want to do the same thing. You know, sometimes you're like, mm. you're there and you're like, okay, well, we're going to, he's going to do this first, then he's going to go there, then he's going to do, and I can see it. And it's like, change it up. <laughs> start there instead of there. Let's start at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, Let's get, get off script. script. Yeah. Do something different. It's great. <laughs> I love what you said about having dishonest mm. sex too earlier on. I've had lots of dishonest sex and uh, I have faked an orgasm um, quite a few times. I found my orgasm was very much connected to my emotional connection to that person. So before I got married, I had never had an orgasm with a sexual partner ever. Um, should have been nominated for an Oscar <laughs> for all the performances that I gave. Um, and then when I got married, and um, I won't talk too much about that marriage, but I did end up having orgasm during sex. So I think I felt emotionally safe at that time. Um, certainly not judged. I had no... Um, issues about how I felt about my body at that time. And then um, after I, I ended that marriage and put myself on a bit of a sexual journey about a year after, once I'd sorted my head out and my heart, and um, I, I ticked off so many things off my bucket list that I wanted to try. And I'm so glad for that experience because now I know, you know, I've, I've done them. They're not for me or I did enjoy it, but that's okay. I've done it. I don't need it anymore. So, but the education part still continues. And we did a course called Pleasuring the Vulva. And uh, wow, you know, my my darling is now the master of my vulva. <laughs> I hope he's got a, a so, t-shirt that says that. I guys, hope you've got him one. You are the master of my vulva. It's hilarious. I love the way you talk about yeah. all of this. I, I, yeah. I am at once enjoying it and inside I can feel everything clenching because it's uncomfortable and it's nine o'clock and I, it's funny, isn't it? Um, I still, it's like we talk about in business having a money mindset and everyone has, everyone has an opinion on money. You can't, it has, it makes you have a visceral reaction when mm. people talk about money or debt or making money or whatever. Same with sex. We are conditioned you know, and no matter how free we think we are and how mm. far we progress, there are certain things that will still make us our sphincters clench with embarrassment, you know. Um, so it's, this is an interesting conversation yeah. for me. I'm going to need to lie down and a nap after this, Susan. <laughs> yeah. 
That's all right. Um, I was watching Kitty Flanagan last night on television. I, I didn't catch the name of her performance, but I'll have to go back and watch it. But she was talking about how her family, and they, they don't like talking about sex. And when something comes up on the television, she said, it's like we're all in sync. Everyone will get up and suddenly want a cup <laughs> of tea. Absolutely. Just... Absolutely. And this is why, you know, that and, painful and thing of watching movie. stuff with your parents and it goes sexy. So, you know, me and my, everything's got sex in it now on Netflix. And me and my son watch a lot of shows together. And uh, he, although he's, you know, he's 13 mm. and I won't appreciate me talking about him at all. So I won't do it for long. But, you know, when something sexy comes on the screen, we both laugh about it. And we're both like, fast forward, fast forward. And then sometimes we fast mm. forward just to the middle of the bit, like the worst bit. We're both like, no. And yes, they actually rewinded. So we saw it twice. And it, But it's a laugh. You know, we're laughing. And it's like, of course, yeah. it's awkward to watch this stuff with your family. But it's also hilarious. And I just, mm. I, I think mm. humor and sex mm. is so important. It's not so serious. We all take it so seriously, mm. you know. Mm. And um, I think, yes, yep. you know, because recently I've been a bit more reticent. Me and my partners have had a lot of laughs about that, you know, and 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 the routine and the plinth and and thank God mm. because otherwise it'd just be kind of weird silence and you wouldn't know and just rolling over and going to sleep and hoping and pretending to be asleep. Instead, I kind of am honest about it, and that again is a is a rejection of the performance and a rejection of the expectation and just saying I don't, you know, I don't fancy it. You know, it's good to be able to say that. Yeah, I want to tell you, some of my best laughs have been during sex at, at the end. Uh, like we have this, um, I don't know if I can share this. Will I be it's able to take this? PC. Will I be able to take this, Susan? Um, Am I going to panic? Am I going to have a panic attack when you say that? No, no, no. I'm just, um, uh, my partner's very good at doing okay, accents yeah. and voices. <laughs> So he'll he'll say something to me, either either during or at the end, and it just has me in stitches, absolute stitches. Um, so no, I probably don't. won't divulge. I think I can, those can sorts keep things, that between ourselves. But, yeah, no, but it's no, important. No. It's important to laugh about <laughs> it and to talk about it. And I love I love talking about it. Like I love talking about it in advance and building up that tension. Because I, as I said, we don't see each other very often. You know, the preamble is really, really important. Mm. And, you know, my partner never seems to tire of a, mm. of a boob picture. We've actually, I'll tell you a little secret thing with us. Uh, uh, the avocado is obviously the symbol of a boob in my world because it looks like a, a middle-aged boob. Yeah. Um, maybe it would be a, an apple for someone else, but I'm definitely avocado now. And so, you know, sometimes we've got a little emergency signals and sometimes they'll just send me an avocado. And then wherever, wherever I am, whatever I'm doing, I have to send a picture of my boob. Not naked. It could be in a jumper, but it's just stupid. You know, it's yeah. stupid and yeah. playful. And I, I want to yeah. always yeah. try and maintain that as much as we can you know it's fun yeah, yeah. yeah. it's you know that's that's part yes. of the, the dance with each other yeah. isn't it and and staying connected it's it's like you're weaving i always think about relationships as weaving a cloak that like i have a cloak that i'm immersed in trust with this person that i love and every action that we've done in our lives you know like our holidays together crying together, sharing grief, sharing anger, all those things, everything's weaved into this cloak and, you know, I've got it around me and um, 
you know, we have little, it's, it's our little comedy routine um, that we have with each other and those little in-jokes that only us, the two of us will get. And uh, we can look at each other and go, yeah. And that's yeah, it's just such a lovely yeah. feeling to have that, to have that little bond, to be partners in crime, you know, and, you know, to be able mm. to sit and talk relentlessly about your own relationship, which feels incredibly self-indulgent, and anyone else listening would be like, Ugh. but that's absolutely lovely. That's what I always wanted, to, <laughs> to be, to have that, feeling of being mm. mad about someone and and for it not to ever weigh but i think the, the realization i've had and you know often people say that mm. second marriages or third marriages are more successful obviously because you come into it with different expectations and different terms and you know you know what part you played in the breakup of previous relationships and i'm, I'm very clear on my part mm. and what i did and what i will not do again and also what i stand for and what i won't stand for and yeah. that's just, I think, part of getting older. There's lots of negatives yeah. to getting older, but that's one of the huge positives. You know, you know yourself and you mm. know what you want and you know you're more, much more self-aware, you know. I love becoming older. I, I say to people, you don't need a note <laughs> from your mum anymore to do anything. You, know, you really mm. do own your own power and own your own time. Make, make it worthy. Make you know, do something with your life, whether it's, um, you know, investing time and support within your family or volunteering, but be kind to yourself first and fill your cup so that you can help fill each other's cups. So, gee, Kate, well, look, I have loved chatting with you this morning. It's, um, <laughs> thank you for being so open. Now, I want to just bring your fabulous book because this was a big oh. part of my business journey. I like the fact that you called yourself a misfit entrepreneur and I can't help but think what a I sexy love that photo. cover photo. I did, Look at that. It's a lady called, mm. look at my boobies. I know it's an amazing photographer called Sherbet Birdie. She does 1950s pinup photography. I've got those shots. I went back and did a whole nother set. I don't know if oh. you've ever seen my Wonder Woman picture of me in a wonder woman costume she did that as well and yes. i'll go back again because mm. god does that make you feel sad i mean gosh there's a little bit of photoshop going on there and in reality someone had to hold up my legs because i've got no no abdominal strength and they've been photoshopped out <laughs> um <laughs> but no i was holding them up but it was like for a brief second she's a she's a mastermind but i love that photo and i love having those photos because i'll have those when i'm old and gray and baggy and remember, you know, and funnily enough, when I had those done, yeah. I didn't feel sexy at all in my life at all. And that's why I went back and did those Wonder Woman shots because I did feel sexy then. That was when I started my new relationship and I felt mm. wonderful mm. and powerful and, you know, and, yeah. And it took yeah, to finish up, you know, mm. the book is good. The book is a bit old now, to be honest. And I think I've moved on a lot since I wrote that. It's about four years old and I'm writing a new one at the moment. But, you know, it took for me to break away from that relationship and spend a good year just being myself. I went to a lot of conferences. I spoke at about 40 mm. events. And then I met someone, you know, like it wasn't like I met someone and then I found myself. And that's important to me. You know, yes, he changed and helped me, but I was already on that mm. journey towards being me and embracing yes. who I was when I met him. And I, I think for anybody... Yeah. Listening, I just I talk mm. to a lot of women as you, as you do, and there's so many women in 
who are really unhappy in their relationship, really, really unhappy and, and trapped there maybe for financial mm. reasons or guilt about children. And well, I'm not saying everyone should immediately leave their partner and run away and, and discover their vulva. I'm just thinking that you should, it's, it's important to realize <laughs> that you, you're allowed to want these things. You're allowed to, I don't know how to put it. Mm. You'll probably put it better than me, but with so much guilt around women, so much guilt for women about not enjoying themselves and being a martyr, um, you know, they, they, they eating the burnt chop. That's that. I remember that line. Um, I did a campaign mm. once for special K and uh, an advertising campaign. And the whole concept was about how women will always eat the burnt chop. Every, you know, if there's, plate of meat i'm a vegetarian so it makes sense mm. but a plate of meat you'll give everyone else the good bit and you'll eat the burnt bit because that's what women do you know and it's like we don't want to eat mm. the burnt chop when it comes to business or our families or our sex life no more burnt chops okay <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and that's a good analogy mind you i um do give the best good on you susan most of the time <laughs> <laughs> yep yep I um yes no it's about prioritizing exactly. self and believing that you're worthy to be at the top of the list really it is. that's, it is, that's it is. the bottom line so well gee Miss Toon it's been an absolute joy thank Thanks you for very having much me. for your time so this excited. morning and I'll make sure we put everything in the show notes for people to explore you and explore your Fabulous book, Confessions Fantastic. of a Misfit Entrepreneur. And um, absolutely Thank loved, you so much for having me chat. on. It's been a hoot. As I said, I'm now going to have a coffee and a lie down. But thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening to The Maven's Private Diaries. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and took away some wisdom, chuckles or inspiration. Let me know your thoughts, either positive or constructive. Uh, you could leave me a review on your listening app. So this podcast is the property of Susan Jarvis, me, the Maven. For inquiries, please visit www.thespicyboudoir.com. Thank you for listening to The Maven's Private Diaries. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and took away some wisdom, chuckles or inspiration. Let me know your thoughts, either positive or constructive. Uh, You could leave me a review on your listening app. So this podcast is the property of Susan Jarvis, me, The Maven. For inquiries, please visit www.thespicyboudoir.com the spicy boudoir.com